Hello, everybody, and welcome to Works Well, a podcast by me, Melissa Sherry, certified health coach and workplace wellness specialist. This podcast is for leaders who want to support their teams in the pursuit of high quality work, decreased burnout, and meaningful collaboration. If you want to empower your team to bring their best selves to work, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to season two of the Works Well podcast, where we are talking all things about who you need to be to lead a happy and healthy workplace culture. This is what lights me up. This is what makes me so excited. Today, we are talking about embodying motivation 4.0. And we've talked about motivation before through the lens of how to engage your team. And we've talked about incentives and what really gets people going and into a workplace well-being program, no matter what that looks like. And if you haven't already, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to those episodes in season one, where we talk about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, because there's some really great stuff in there. Um, and we won't take as deep of a dive again on those topics, but it's really important to understand that from the point of developing programming, but also through the lens of how you see yourself and how you fit in the strategy of workplace well-being. Today, where we're going to focus is on the evolution of motivation and how you can turn this motivation 4.0 in on yourself in order to really understand and support your team. So for those of you who've been with me through season one, you know that one of my core beliefs is that you must embody what you're asking your team to do. Role modeling, setting the example, walking your talk are so incredibly important to me when it comes to leading productive workplace wellness initiatives. And I don't mean that you need to participate in every single thing or be the most evolved person in the room, but if you're trying to get your team engaged and to participate or to self-lead, you need to serve as the example of what that looks like realistically. And of course, it doesn't mean that we attend everything, but it means that we make an effort and it means that we've created a life that has space for that extra stuff, right? I work with so many leaders who are completely booked from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., but are standing in front of groups of people talking about work-life balance and talking about how important wellness is. Everybody can see through that show, and everybody knows (laughs) what the reality of that person's work experience is as the leader of a company. So really important. I always want to bring us back to that core belief that you need to embody the things you want for your people. Another caveat to this conversation is that motivation is one of the most difficult things to change or empower in somebody else because it's so deeply rooted in values. I would also add that our culture in America doesn't necessarily support us looking inside, trusting ourselves, and knowing that we have all the answers. We are raised 
in a culture that tells us that someone else has the answers for us, that there's a product for that, that doctor knows better than us, all of these different messages that we get that really eat away at our ability to trust ourselves and to tap into what makes this 4.0 motivation model really useful. So knowing that there are things outside of your control as a leader, as an organization that affect people's motivation. However, there's lots of space to talk about this, to create better environments, to create spaces where people can think and do better and make better choices. So I want to take a good amount of time in this episode to walk through the evolution of motivation because I think it's really crucial in order for us to close this episode out with an exercise that will help you personally get there. So if we're looking at this version model, motivation 1.0 is telling us that information is enough to change behavior. Some people still believe this. Some people still believe that just knowing something is enough to change a behavior. And I'm guilty of this. And my husband and I talk about this all the time. We love gathering information. I love learning. I love reading. He loves listening to audiobooks. We're constantly gathering info. However, That is not what makes the action, right? I know a lot about nutrition and well-being and all the things that I should be doing to take care of my body. Does that mean that I do those things all the time without fail? No. So there's a disconnect between information and changing behavior and action. For example, because I have – or like if I'm thinking about my clients' examples – There could be a fantastic communication campaign that tells all employees about their benefits, how to use them. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's going to jump all over the opportunity. Some might, and those who are self-leaders will take advantage of what makes sense to them, but it's not going to push those who would never engage to change their behavior to take advantage of the benefit. So that's In a nutshell, motivation 4.0, this idea that information is enough to change behavior. Motivation 2.0 brings us to the carrot and the stick, which I have very strong feelings about this model of motivation. So many wellness programs are stuck in reward and punishment zone. It's the number one thing people want to talk to me about. If I'm working with a group that already has something in place, it's most likely something like a rewards program. And if we think back to the 80s and 90s, what you might have seen in your workplace or what you might be familiar is this idea of increasing health premium. So increasing the cost sharing to employees for smoking or even being a certain BMI, this idea of punishing people for a certain health outcome or health-related activity that they might do. And this still exists, everybody. (laughs) I just had a conversation this week with a group who literally said to me that they're interested in a stick approach. And it really, it was heartbreaking to me because first of all, and I could go on a tangent with this, but first of all, the data tells us that that doesn't work, right? That if people are choosing to take action based on the reward or the punishment 
meaning the carrot or the stick, then that means they're making that choice because they want to gain reward or avoid punishment. They're not making the decision because they want to make a health change or because they want a different quality of life or because they want to be happier at work. They're simply making the choice because they want to do something or they want to avoid something. So that's where this conversation really steers into what are our goals? If your goal, and I'm talking organization-wide too, but I also want to filter this through the lens of you. If we're talking about an organization goal that we truly want to increase the satisfaction of our employees, but then we're talking about a rewards program, it's kind of missing the whole point, right? Because if we're talking about real happiness and satisfaction, that comes from the inside. That doesn't come from a $100 stipend every year you're getting to use on wellness activities. So really making sure that we're aligning those two things. If we're taking this down to the personal approach, I can talk personally about just working out in general. In the past, my my system has been that if I worked out five days a week, then I deserved a cheat day or I deserved to go crazy on the weekends. Did that ever feel good? No. Did that help me stay motivated for my health goals and to keep going to the gym? No, because I felt like crap every Monday and wouldn't go to the gym. So think through some of the ways that this has shown up in your life. How have you rewarded or punished yourself when trying to motivate yourself and has it worked? I would be really interested to hear from you if you do this, you do this activity and you come up with some thoughts. I would love to hear from you. Okay, that's motivation 2.0, carrot and the stick, rewards and punishment. The next two categories of motivation are really all about thinking differently, and it's all about tapping into a person's set of core values to change behavior. So again, we're taking a step back and we're getting back into that idea of intrinsic motivation. So how are we motivating from the inside? Motivation 3.0 is getting people to think differently. And the key word here is get. The the idea that you can force people to think differently. And I use force lightly. Because motivation 3.0 is not a horrible place to be in. I think lots of us can work to get to motivation 3.0. And that's just one step closer to 4.0. And it's also shedding some of the ickiness in one and two. This is best explained by role modeling. I talk about role modeling all the time. You heard me go on my tangent already in this episode. I think it's an incredibly important piece of the puzzle. And science tells us that it's not the end-all be-all to motivation. For example, as a leader, if I'm showing my team that I have good work-life balance, that I take care of my body, that I see a therapist, all the things... That's going to help them see a version of reality that could support their shift in thinking. However, when I'm doing this and if I say things like, if you want to be like me or this is how to do things and giving them my exact way to do something prescriptively, like do X, Y, Z to achieve A, then that person will be motivated by pleasing me or wanting to be like me versus aligning with their core belief system on what's important to them. 
So it's not to say that everybody is interested or aligning with the behaviors that I share. But again, it's not motivation 4.0 yet due to the reason that motivation 3.0 is the idea that you get people to be intrinsically motivated with extrinsic things. And in that example, the extrinsic thing is how I behave. That's something totally outside of their internal system that would be motivating them to make the change. I really hope you're still with me because we're just about to get into the real meat and exciting and like profound piece of this. So real simply, motivation 3.0 is still this idea that something on the outside of a person will motivate them. However, the good part about it is that we're a little bit closer to this idea of getting somebody to make behavior change based on seeing somebody else do well. And that's one little example of how this can work. Okay. Let's get into 4.0. 4.0 is about supporting better thinking, which is so revolutionary in my experience to have leadership thinking about creating the environments where people can make better choices themselves. It's all about building that support through leadership, through physical environment, through all the different components of a workplace and well-being to lay the foundation for self-motivation or intrinsic motivation. Meaning that we know that there's no external influence that can make someone think differently, but if we create the environment for them to thrive, they will be more likely to do that on their own. This is really difficult. I'm just going to say that. It's not an easy thing, and it takes lots of time and investment to really do this strategically and well because it really breaks away from a lot of the old thinking that we have in regards to how to support employees in workplace wellness. And this new idea is really rooted in valuing people for people and not over-evaluating them for their productivity. This idea is based on the fact that people are not predictable machines. So in order to get as close as possible to this level for ourselves and our teams, we have to honor the uniqueness of ourselves and others. Meaning that there's no specific number of inputs or predictable ingredients we can add to any workplace that will produce the same exact outcome for all people. We all know this. So why do we keep doing it? Because it's comfortable, it's easy, it's how things have been. So this is really challenging you to break out of that thinking and start thinking on a grander, sustainable, growth-centered path of how do you meet employees where they are at at an individual level while growing potentially a very large company? It's not an easy question to ask yourself, but it's a way of thinking. So let's turn this on you as a listener. How do you get connected to Motivation 4.0 is really about connecting to your values. I encourage you to take some time with the following questions I'm going to pose, and I'm also going to include them in the show notes. So if you don't have time to write them down, if you're in the car, whatever, 
just listen, put some thought into it, and then go back to the show notes and maybe do some journaling, maybe record yourself talking through some of this, maybe share this with a colleague and have a conversation about these things. Either way, spend some time because I think this will really help you see where you are most motivated and then starting to align those pieces for you to connect back to that intrinsic motivation. The goal here is to really just connect more deeply to yourself and identify the system you're operating from. So number one, what lights you up about what you're doing right now? This could be professional or personal. And if you've done any kind of career transitioning, career coaching, health coaching, these familiar, these questions might be familiar to you, but look at this through the lens of motivation, right? Like when you're working, what are the activities that you feel flow in? What are the activities where you're not just dying for the hour to end? What are the meetings that you're in that feel really exciting and feel empowering versus draining? Like Putting this lens through all of these things of what lights you up is going to be really helpful to start kind of funneling down what some of these things might be that motivate you. Number two, what's your why? What is the thing that you're working towards? And I want you to really dig in for this one and think because there's lots of surface level stuff, right? Right now I'm saving to buy a house. That's a huge reason why I want to be making more money and I want to save and I'm committed to my saving goals. But the deeper layer to that is that I really want a space that I can build out to be my sanctuary. I want to share a home that we invest in with my husband. There's so much more why to that. That's so much bigger than the moment that I buy the house. It's the why of why I want that thing. So it's okay for financial, tangible, materialistic things to be part of this, but dig deeper for why it's that thing. That's where you're going to find a lot of the meat to this activity. The next question is, what qualities about someone else are most important to you? Some examples might be loyalty, timeliness, honesty, humor. What pieces are most important? You can think about this through the lens of coworkers, partners, whatever feels right to you when you're doing this activity. That's going to really help you see what's just important to you and someone else. The next question is what qualities about yourself are most important for you, for others to know about you? Is it that you're really hardworking? Is it that you're so dedicated to your family? Is it that you're always on time? What are those things that you are outwardly presenting? And then my next question is, what qualities about yourself are most important to you? They could be the exact same things as what's important for others to know. But I think what's really interesting is when different things start popping up because you can start seeing how you might be unaligned with your authentic motivation, if the qualities that you want others to see aren't the exact same things that you think are the most special and important about yourself. So this is really where we start to get down into the meat of like, 
okay, where, where are there opportunities to maybe get more aligned with how you're presenting outwardly and how you feel internally that can help you get one step closer to that values value set that will be your, your motivation. And then finally, describe a time in your life when you felt your best. Get really detailed. What age were you? What relationships did you have? What are you doing? How did you present yourself outwardly? What are the things that you did for self-care? How did you take care of yourself? Were you caring for others? This is, with all this information, what I really want you to do is to start pulling out your values. I want you to start seeing the themes that come up in terms of what is really important to you. And those are your drivers. That's your basis for making decisions for yourself. Growing and me being an adult and moving across the country away from my family has really helped me see what's important. And one of the huge things that jumps out to me in my life right now is serving my community and being of service in general. And I volunteer every weekend. I make decisions financially that align with that in terms of how much money I donate and when I donate. It just makes these decisions on what to do and when to do it so much easier when you get to this point of really knowing yourself and taking a good look at what is important to you. So again, I'll include these questions in the show notes. So if this is something you want to keep working on over a couple days, over a couple weeks, I highly encourage you to do that. And if you, I always put this out there, but if you need support, if you want to talk through this, if you want to partner with me to work on this, please, please reach out to me. I would love, love nothing more than to support you in your journey of getting closer to your values. I want to be with you in the truth that this doesn't happen overnight. The continued commitment to get to know yourself and align with the authenticity of what feels right and what's worth committing to, because some of the best things in my life haven't always felt good or right. (laughs) But because I'm so close to my values, I know that it's worth what might be uncomfortable or what might be difficult in the moment. So That's really a key to this idea of gradual growth and alignment to yourself and your values. I love you so much. I'm so appreciative of you being here with me and really taking this look at yourself in order to be a better leader. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on LinkedIn under Melissa Sherry Coaching or on Instagram at WorksWellPodcast. Make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. See you next time.